This episode of Pod Cemetery is brought to you by You're No Fool April, the 2020 re-release of the prestige long-form music video from hairband greats White Sister. Screwed out of the Grammy by Sting's Bring on the Night, says the NME. The AV Club calls it, by default, less problematic than anything Michael Jackson ever did. The 2020 re-release of White Sisters, You're No Fool April. Pick it up at your local Tower Records today. Hello, my name is Chris. My name is Kelsey. And this is Pod Cemetery, where we dissect horror movies like the rotting corpses that they are. And this week, it's April Fool's Day on Pod Cemetery with 1986's Killer Party and 2005's Cry underscore Wolf. <laughs> it's only stylized that way in a few sources, but I love it so much. Like swim fan with the at sign, I'm gonna keep it. <laughs> Before we get to the movies, though, Kelsey, how do we start the show? Horror trivia. Give me what you got. Hi, I'm Chucky. Want to play? Name the movie. Child's Play. That's right. Wow. <laughs> this would yeah. be the easiest game ever if we yes. actually played it. Yes, it would be. Uh, okay, Kelsey. Yeah. This one I had to come up with on my own. Didn't have any questions about Killer Party? I did not have any questions about Killer Party. (laughs) What character from another famous slasher movie is credited in this movie as B-Boy? You don't need to tell me the actor's name. I just need the other character and what movie he's from. I have no idea. Do you remember the B-Boys in this movie? Oh. Oh, yes, and you told me. It's the guy from Terror Train. Yeah, it's Ed from Terror Train, played by Howard Busgang, the guy who starts out with that famous Terror Train mask on. He's the one who dies first. With the sword or whatever, and he's left outside, and uh, yeah, the killer takes his mask. Yes. All right, Kelsey, our first movie up is 1986's Killer Party. I mentioned last week that it was originally planned to be called The April Fools, referring to the characters within it. But because that same year, April Fool's Day came out, they decided to change the movie to Killer Party. (laughs) The film was written by Barney Cohen and directed by William Fruitt, starring Martin Hewitt, Ralph Seymour, and Elaine Wilkes. What is Killer Party about? A sorority is putting on a yearly April Fool's dance. Which I guess is a thing. I guess. And they do it in, like, an abandoned house that has a horrible history. Somebody was murdered. Or, like, accidental death. And they're going to host it in there. And things don't go so well. Okay. The movie is available on streaming on iTunes for $3 to rent and $10 to buy. Should people watch this movie? I'm glad I saw it. I probably won't watch it again. It's a little long, so... I mean, you can skip this one, but it has some fun things in it. Yeah, it... Oh, man. If it wasn't just such a bad movie, it'd be a lot of fun. Yes. But it's a... 
it's not a good movie. No. But there's some stuff in there. <laughs> there's some really interesting things, which made it entertaining, and I'm very glad I saw it, as I said, but it would have been okay if I had never seen it. Right, exactly. You can take our advice or leave it, but when we get back, we will talk about 1986's Killer Party. I'm suddenly not sure the sorority thing is such a hot idea. Are you for real? Sigma Alpha Pi is the wet dream of this college. I've decided to hold next spring's April Fool's party in the old Pratt house. It'll be a masquerade. That Veronica, she's so sweet. Okay, slime buckets, listen up. So sincere. You're in trouble, goat. So sorority. Woe unto the goat who brings a few stays. How could I say no? house. You know, for years after that pledge died, there were reports of all sorts of strange phenomena. He stirred something up in this house. Things that go bump in the night? Come on, Jennifer. If you're so bugged about that old house, why'd you pledge the sorority? And what if it really is haunted? Then we'll write a paper. Need any help? You give me a yell. There's a girl down there who needs our help. We have got to get out of here. Oh, God. Please see me through this night. April Fool, assholes. Kelsey, can you get us started? How does Killer Party begin? Well, do we want to start yes, with Yes, yes, first... we do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we could get through it quickly because none of it matters. Right. So the first ten minutes of the movie... We're literally watching a music video. Yeah, two of them. Well, okay. No, it's the same. It music is the same video. one, but the okay. So you know how it's just like thriller. Yeah. Well, I'll get to that. You know how movies do that thing where the opening hook scene where the action's happening and the first murder happens, and then it goes the title, and then the movie actually starts. Well, other movies have capitalized on that trope. And started making that first kill just part of something that the characters are watching. This movie does that twice. Yeah, twice. So the first part is what? The first one is there's a funeral and the woman, the daughter-in-law, stays behind to say a few words to the mother-in-law. Oh, God. The okay, I'm glad you remembered that because grabs, I completely forgot what happened in the first one. Grabs her and pulls her into the, into the coffin. Yeah, my only... <laughs> My only comment on all of this is, that was a dude speaking and not an older woman? Because the priest sounded like an older woman when he was talking. It's kind of bizarre. And so we commend Annabelle Fitzwillie Coslow to the dust when she came. Always keeping in mind the words of advice given to the Tin Man by the Wizard of Oz. That the size of your heart should be measured not by how much you love but by how much you are loved by others. But we find out that it doesn't make any sense. So yeah, she gets pulled into the coffin and they both get cremated together and it's supposed to be terrifying and we realize it's just a drive-in movie theater being watched by a girl and her date and oh my God, the crimped hair. Oh my God, her entire outfit. An incredible outfit, which is why when you find out that it's all in a music video, it's kind of a bummer. Right. (laughs) So keep in mind, these characters watched what we just saw. Yeah. Now these characters 
this girl goes to get popcorn. She goes into the concession stand and it's completely empty. She steals popcorn. She goes back out into her car where her boyfriend's gone. And then he knocks on the door or whatever. And he's like drooling and he goes to attack her and she freaks out. And then they run into this is intercut with a song (laughs) by White Sister. So it's like we're kind of intercutting this with the music video of White Sister. And I don't know if that's just a cheap conflation of White Snake and Twisted Sister. Yes. I think it is. If so, why did they pick the awful White Sister over the obviously superior Twisted Snake? Yes, agreed. (laughs) I agree. Anyway, and then they run into the crowd and then everyone's just like dancing. And it's a... It's zombies and... So in the music video, the the keyboardist gives us this awesome high kick, and we also get a guy in there that looks a lot like Billy Zane that's not Billy it's Zane. not Billy Zane. And uh, the song, do you remember what it's called? April, You're No Fool. That's right. April, You're No Fool. And it's pretty fantastic, and then it's over. This movie has two great songs. And I I might even start that you might have already heard me start the episode with a completely different song than we normally use, just because I want to use both of these songs that come from this movie. It's absolutely incredible. But anyway, yeah, it's just a music video. And it is like you said earlier, it's just like Thriller, which came out three years prior in 83, where you see Michael Jackson and his date go see a scary movie. And so we go from that scary movie to them in the audience, them walking home, and then he transforms and it turns into the actual music video. And it's like seven minutes long or something like that. I don't know the exact length off the top of my head. But this one is over nine minutes long, and it's that same concept. <laughs> They're watching, We see the beginning of a movie, then we find the people who are watching the movie, then something scary happens to them, and then it turns out they're just in a music video being watched by... The real characters of the actual movie 10 fucking minutes later. Yes. (laughs) We have a few different characters here. The three girls. Yes. We have Phoebe, played by Elaine Wilkes. We have Jennifer, played by Joanna Johnson. And we have Vivia, played by Sherry Willis-Birch. Yeah, so Phoebe's kind of a nothing character, and the other two are going to have a lot to do, basically. Well, Phoebe becomes important later. Vivia is going to be very important because she is the one that does the pranks. And Jennifer is going to be very important because Jennifer is the one with abilities that they are going to hint at throughout the film. Oh, my God. Um, And she gets these, like, (laughs) orgasm faces, including there's one that is... (laughs) No doubt going to be the cover image for this episode on our website, so podcemetery.com, where she just does this like <laughs> orgasm face and she crosses her eyes. I would not consider that an orgasm face. Well, just sort of like it, 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 it's almost what I wrote down was cross eyed, angry orgasm face. <laughs> it's like she's mad You're and so coming mean. at the same time. <laughs> No, it is ridiculous, okay? <laughs> Let's be clear. It is ridiculous. Anyway. Anyway. So as we're seeing them getting ready for the day, they're like fixing her bike and they're getting ready to go to, they're in college, they're freshmen, they're pledges for some sorority. And during this, not really a montage, but during this scene. And I wrote down 
with all this music video stuff, I re- first I wrote, oh my God, it is all just a music video. Because my first note is, is this all just a super long music video short, like Thriller? And then I wrote some of the lyrics, April, why do you play the fool? April, you ain't no fool. Oh my God, did he just rhyme fool with fool? Yes, he did. Oh my God, it is all just a music video. And then I wrote, if this continues for the rest of the movie's runtime, I would not be disappointed. <laughs> But no, it, it did not. It did not. But so while we're watching these girls going out for their day, we get to hear the song. These are, these the, are the best, best times of, of our lives. lives. These are the best times. <laughs> these are the best times of our lives. These are the best times. <laughs> and we will hear that song several times. We only hear April, you're no fool, like twice. So this song was written by two folks, Alan Brackett and Scott Shelley, who wrote most of the music in this movie. Did they write April, You're No Fool? You're No Fool, April, in parentheses, is what <laughs> it's called. And no, <laughs> that is performed by White Sister, who is an actual band? <laughs> who's performed in Halloween 5, Fright Night. They did a song called Save Me Tonight. In the first one? Yes. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know if they're just like a... Soundtrack band? Like a gimmick band, you know, where it's just like some soundtrack folks, they call themselves White Sister or whatever. You know, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, this song is written by Alan Brackett and Scott Shelley, Best Times. And they it performs it like, it performs it like they're the waitresses. A little bit. You know, with the song, I Know What Boys Like. Yeah. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. They, Where she's kind of like uninterested and disaffected. The waitresses also did Christmas wrapping. Oh, right. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. But I think I'll miss this one Skip this, this year. this one this Okay, year. whatever. It's like that, but with even less feeling, with, with even more toned down. These are the best times of our lives. They're kind These of like the, the bird and the bee, times. if you know who the bird and the bee are. And this song will come up like at least three times in this movie. Four, maybe. And they just really like using this song, and it is terrible in the best way. <laughs> when you're having fun, we just We get to see the pledges get taunted by the other girls. They're going to be throwing the dance inside the spooky mansion where... Well, it's one of the frat houses that's yes, closed Yes, it was closed now. down like 10 years ago because a kid died it's during the, an April Fool's prank. It's like the sorority mom's son? Is that yeah. who it is? Who died there? Mm-hmm. And his tombstone is placed there. Yes. But we find out that... Our girl Jennifer doesn't like that house, man. No, it makes her feel weird. She doesn't like it. She basically has an orgasm every time she walks in. But her other friend, Phoebe, is like, we can't throw it all away. This is the last step, and then we're in, and we get to be sorority girls. It's in this first scene that you said Phoebe reminded you of who? Yeah, Phoebe's definitely a Molly Ringwald wannabe. Yeah, kind of. 
that kind of faded throughout the movie, but at first, like, definitely. When I first saw her, I was uh-huh. like, whoa, somebody wants to be Molly Ringwald. <laughs> So, yeah, so they see the sorority house mom, and she tells them stay off the property, or the the gardener tells them to stay off the property. I don't remember. Somebody warns them. It's off limits. Meanwhile, back at the sorority house, a guy walks in with a box of champagne. Oh, this scene. It was the 80s, and we were talking- Certainly the 80s. We're talking fraternities and sororities, so you can kind of guess what's going to happen. And otherwise, fantastically fun- Great movie of Revenge of the Nerds is marred forever by the college shit that they do. Yes. This is very similar. It's not as bad as Revenge of the Nerds, but it's another sort of similar thing. So this girl's like, we didn't order champagne. And he's like, I've got him. And she's like, but nobody ordered them. the work order or whatever. And he's like, I'm just going to take him in. Like, he's being very forceful about it. Mm -hmm. And he ends up putting them down. And she somehow doesn't notice that he takes the doorknob. Yeah, he disassembles the doorknob. To the backyard. What it ends up... Oh, right. So much like in Sleepaway Camp, where the guy gets caught in the bathroom with the bees... <laughs> with the beehive. Beehive, and then he dies. The boys, the, the frat boys, throw a beehive over the fence. Now, what you need to understand is that there are women who are in... I don't know if it's a hot tub? No, yeah, they're in a hot tub. And they're naked. Yes, they it's are just naked. a bunch of sexy sorority sisters naked bathing in a hot tub, which I guarantee you is real. And it happens. Don't ruin my dreams. <laughs> but so they try to run inside and there's no doorknob. So they have to run around the front where they the, have cameras. And on the guys them, are cam. Are, yeah, taking pictures. Swatting away bees with the towels so they don't have any clothes on underneath. And they're videotaping this. Yeah. Yes. It's. Pretty shitty. And then the guys are celebrating, you know, woo, and then one dude just falls off the top of the truck with no consequences. <laughs> they probably didn't mean for that to happen. <laughs> Meanwhile, the sorority mom who told them earlier not to go to the house goes to the house and talks to the gravestone and tells him, I'm sorry, honey, they're going to use it. What could I do? It's time to move on. They are going to use the house. Mm-hmm. The girls are holding their goat night here tomorrow. How could I say no? Oh, Alan. It was an accident. It's time to forget. Now, I'm just going in to check the place out and make sure it's all safe. Bye. And... This is where she never comes back because it's another one of those things where she's like, oh, I'm going for whatever. You girls have fun. And and so they expect her to be gone and she gets killed here. Exactly. So, so nobody notices dead. that she's gone. Yes. Meanwhile, we keep seeing these feet. Yes. I wrote down shoe person is going to end up being harmless, aren't they? Yes. And they are. Absolutely. We keep seeing these girls followed by shoe person. Shoe person. And then eventually that person shows up at Jennifer's door. Have they already gotten into the sorority? No. But hold on. What is important about this death and what we will see from now on with every death is that these people know who's killing them. Yes. What are you doing here? Yeah, what are you doing here? Why Uh are you here? What's up? What what are you doing here? Yeah. So it is not somebody that they are not, that that it's not Black Christmas. 
I was really worried about that at first. It was just going to be Black Christmas. That we were never going to find out who it was. On April Fool's Day. <laughs> yes. They are then told that the phrase of the day is, I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. So I guess they're supposed to say that whenever anybody talks to them. Yeah. Ask them a question or mention something. I guess any place you can fit it. The phrase for today is, I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. Let's hear it. I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. I can't hear you. I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. So when they're in class, the teacher is droning on and on and on, and then he says something about... Because they're talking, they're whispering. Yeah. Because the sorority sister told them, you need to come to the party tonight in Beta Tau shirts. And so they're, their... they're planning that scheme of how they get the Beta Tau shirts. Because they have to get in and, and steal them. So what happens with the teacher? So the teacher calls them out for it and then says something about not, you know, paying attention or don't you like such and such. And so Phoebe, I want to say, he says. He kicks one of them out. Well, Phoebe says, I myself prefer blah, blah, blah. A big fat cucumber. Yes. Oh, Chris can't say it. No, I, I honestly couldn't remember it off the top of my head. <laughs> I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. <laughs> That's going at the end. <laughs> Have you, Jennifer, ever curled up in bed with a nice big book? I myself prefer a big fat cucumber. <laughs> <laughs> and he kicks her out, and then the other two girls, Jennifer and Vivia, in leave solidarity, with her. leave yes. with her. And he gets very mad, and he says, "Anybody else want to leave?" And the whole class leaves. Everyone but Martin, who has a question about Madame Bovary, and he's like, "Oh, get out of here, Martin." <laughs> Would anyone else like to be excused? Yeah. Wait a minute. I have a question about the subtext of sexuality in Madame Bovary. Go away, Martin. Who the fuck is Madame Bovary? I never learned about Madame Bovary, but he dresses as her, so I should probably know something. Madame Bovary is a novel by Gustave Flaubert, uh, just about a woman who lives beyond her means. Okay. In order, this is what this is what Wikipedia says: the eponymous character lives beyond her means in order to escape the banalities and emptiness of provincial life. There must be more it. than this provincial <laughs> yes. life. Never read it. Never seen anything on it. I only know the name. So they go to the Beta Tau house where Phoebe and Vivia go looking for the shirts. Meanwhile, Jennifer is talking to this like, other guy to distract him. And she like makes it sexy for no reason. Yeah, she says something like, we're supposed to come to leave a kiss. Right, she didn't have to say that. He she was distracted. Yeah. And it was like, okay, also, well, I guess she's into him. Also, he's in a costume for no reason. He's in a costume multiple times in this movie. For no reason. <laughs> but yeah, then they just make out. Yeah, because she's supposed to give him a kiss and that's the dare. So what are you doing here, Jennifer? Oh, we have a message from Veronica, our pledge mistress. We're supposed... To leave a kiss. Oh, which I guess was really meant for what's his name, you know, um, Harrison. I'll take it. Oh, okay. Well, good. That's a big load off my mind, because you 
Just don't know how strict Veronica can be. Meanwhile, Vivia gets out with three different size Beta Tau shirts. Large, extra large, and macho man. <laughs> and then we find out who the itchy foot guy is, and that's Martin. It's Martin, the who nerd. Who is apparently in love with Jennifer, but since Jennifer doesn't give him the time of day, he goes for Vivia. He asks where Vivia's room is. And they end up dating throughout the rest of this movie, but he's also a little. But he's always shithead. in love with Jennifer. Yeah, uh huh. But I mean, he he really likes Vivian. Vivian likes him, but he's this weird sort of like sex crazed lunatic or something. But he warns Jennifer not to go to the house because somebody died there, and I don't think it's safe. The Pratt House, yeah. Yes. So they go to the hazing. The hazing's kind of dumb. They're all called goats. Everyone else is sheep. No, that's, I'm getting into cry wolf territory. Both of them have goats. Yes. No, no. sheep. Goats in that in this movie, goats sheep in the other. Sheep, yeah. Yes, okay. I'm, I'm mixing them up. So they're called goats, and they always, whenever they do any pledge-related thing, they go, bah. <laughs> yes, and, like... They have to eat eyeballs of goats. A goat's eyeball. And it's around here, because I wrote, it's around here. I don't think it's necessarily right here. I think I might have messed that up. But I wrote, Jesus contorted face. Because <laughs> somewhere around here, when they go near the house, she does Jennifer the contorted does the face. face the first yeah, time. Uh-huh. And, and you don't know why the yes. first couple times she does it. And you're uh-huh. just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> But so they have to like grab egg yolks with their mouths. As pe- they people, um, the other women in the sorority, the sisters, crack eggs over their mouth and they have to catch them and then bloop them into a glass at the end. And whoever gets the most, I mean, whoever gets the least has to get paddled. But the paddling doesn't last very long because ghostly things. <laughs> yes, the lights go out. Glasses start flying and stuff like that, and then they find... The door wraps open and yeah. closed. There's fog. The doors lock. And they find downstairs Vivia with her head in a guillotine. Which is what happened to the guy, I think. I think that's how he died. Like, it was a prank, and the guillotine wasn't actually supposed to go down, and it did, and he died. It's kind of a fucked up prank. To do that when a kid died from it. It is. It also doesn't make any sense why you would do that as a pledge. Why would you risk getting into the sorority that you desperately want to get into by playing a trick on them? Yes, that really confused the hell out of you and me. It was like, what? It didn't make any sense. And it really did put their entry at risk. And it seemed like they were setting up, oh, the reason things go south later on. It's unrelated. But still, it doesn't make any sense. What happened is Vivia and kind of the other two girls were playing a prank on I don't think the other two girls had any idea. Well, they were like congratulating her on a job well done and all that stuff. And it's like, wait, why do you want? Yeah. Like, what's your motivation here? Especially Phoebe, who really wants to get in. Yes. So they almost don't get in, but they do get in. Oh, we didn't say what ended up happening, actually. Vivia's head gets chopped off by the guillotine, and it turns out that it's a fake head. How they swapped the head in order to do that cut, I don't know. And also, apparently, it's a real guillotine. And the head comes back later, but for no reason. You think it's like Chekhov's fake head? 
and it's going to come back in the end and be important in some way, get somebody killed or something like that, you think that Martin's going to fuck the face? Oh, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> because she scares Martin with the face, uh-huh. and then he like kind of looks at she it. She leaves it with him. Yeah, and it's like, like, oh my God, is Martin going to fuck this head? He's going to fuck that head. But nothing comes back with this head. No. It just never comes back. It's so bizarre. They tell Vivia the only reason you're going to get in is because you're going to do that prank again at the dance. So this makes sense why the movie needed her to do that. But they they didn't explain why the character would want to do that in the first yeah. place. But even still, they I mean, it's just because it's an April Fool's thing, there needs to be pranks, I guess. But it's not April Fool's Day when this happens. As a matter of fact, it's like August. And that's the secret of this movie. Most of the movie doesn't take place anywhere near April Fool's Day. There is at some point a jump after they get into the sorority. Then there's a time jump to the end of March, beginning of April when they're going to have this party. And it's very, very unclear. But, you know, they're doing sorority pledges the beginning of the school year. Yeah, it confused me the whole time, too. So why this practical joke would be considered an April Fool's thing? It's just because the movie needed it, and they did a piss-poor job of motivating it anywhere else. Agreed. So anyway, they get in. They, oh, you open your box, and if there's a eye in there, you got in. They all get in, and like you say, Vivia's told that, oh, it's your good pranking skills that got you in, and we're going to have you pull a prank at our April Fool's Day party. It's the only reason you got in. Mm-hmm. Vivia, congratulations, Goat. I've decided to hold next spring's April Fool's party in the old frat house. Uh-huh. I can't think of a better place for you to set up your prank. Can you? Oh, well, I couldn't possibly. <laughs> it's the only reason you're here, sweetie. Veronica's the one who tells her that. This is a new character. She's like the head sorority well, sister. she's not new. She's been torturing them this whole time. No, but I mean new in addition to the three that we've oh, been talking yes. about. Yeah. There's this whole scene where you find out that the lady who was the head of the fraternity Greek letter society is stepping down and that Dick teacher from earlier is now going to be ahead of it. And Keep in mind, this is a different woman than the woman who got killed earlier in the movie. Yes, and then the frat guys end up putting the pictures up on display and everyone's laughing, including the woman. Yeah, so so the 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 teacher we don't like takes over and he's gonna show them a video about, about hazing. Hazing. And instead it's the video that the beta Taos took of the sorority sisters with the bees and the 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 whatever. And so Veronica gets really pissed at the other dude who leads the beta Taos. And the guy ends up saying to the old woman, shut up, you old windbag. Yeah, because she laughs and she thinks it's funny. And then, yeah, he says that now that he has power. (laughs) Shut up, you old windbag. So you would think that him being in power would have some sort of impact on the movie. It doesn't. It doesn't. Next up, we find out that apparently the kid who died stirred something up within the house because he used the evil side of the occult. 
apparently. That's in the movie? Yes. I hate this house. You know, for years after that pledge died, there were reports of all sorts of strange phenomena. He was under the occult, the evil side. There was even testimony at the inquiry that he stirred something up in this house. Things that go bump in the night? Come on, Jennifer. Don't you think you're getting a little carried away with this? Wow, I missed that. And that there have been disappearances in the house. And, oh, I remember that. And they're yeah. like, no, there haven't been. And they're like, yes, there have. Look it up. <laughs> there have been some people who have come into this house and never been seen again. That is a camp story. No, it's not. It's true. I read it in the school newspaper. I looked it up in the microfilms. There have been disappearances. Meanwhile, Jennifer keeps hearing somebody saying her name. And yeah. nobody else does. And she doesn't get concerned about that, apparently. Uh-huh. Oh, she, I think she just thinks it's Blake fucking with her. Yeah, she's hanging out with her boyfriend now. Vivian and Martin are hooking up. And then the teacher finds the guillotine. Yeah, for no reason he's in the house. <laughs> he finds the guillotine. He's fascinated by it with the electric switch, how it raises and lowers again. And it's controlled mechanically that way, as opposed to just being gravity fed. And then you need to pull it back up or whatever. And then... He gets attacked by someone he recognizes. What are you doing here? What are you doing? And then he's dead. Yeah. He gets electrified. Yeah. I don't know if anybody even finds him. I don't think they do. Like, seriously, has zero impact on the story. (laughs) So it's finally the night of the party. Yes. It is April 1st. Yes. And the girls show up. Vivian and Phoebe are given tasks immediately, but not Jennifer. Oh, did we say it's a costume party? By the way? No, because the movie didn't. The B-Boys who released the bees are dressed up as bees. That's <laughs> why so they're called the B-Boys, because there's two B moments for them in the movie. <sighs> but yes, Vivia is told to go downstairs and set up the prank. Phoebe is told to go clean the kitchen to get it ready. And while she's in there, the head of the fraternity, the one who kind of had a thing with Veronica, shows up, drops off like beers or something like that. And then he decides to stay and help Phoebe. So they, Phoebe. they kind of have a thing going on. Meanwhile, Martin's getting drunk and dancing with whoever he can. Even though he really wants Jennifer, but he's got a girlfriend, yes. Olivia. So there's this weird time jump. We rewound this because it didn't make any sense where he dances with Jennifer and she's kind of weirded out because he gets like really super close. And her boyfriend And steps Blake in. shows up yeah, and Blake. steps in, taps him on the shoulder. And they like immediately go upstairs and she like stumbles on the stairs like she's drunk and she tries to walk we away. We figure out later what's happening. But yes, the movie does but it's so confusing to explain any of that. It and, and feels like, like the movie just started. Yeah, or like, the dance just started. Chris and I are like, whoa, did he like drug her or something? Yeah, it doesn't make any, and, and yeah, so we rewound it and it didn't make any sense. It will later, I guess. <laughs> and he goes to take her upstairs and we see that the guy who brought in the wine from the prank earlier ends up hitting it off with the girl he fooled in order to get in the house. But that is pointless and goes nowhere. Veronica finds out that Phoebe and what's his face are getting kind of close. And so she gets pissed at her and says, oh, keep your hands off of him. Rando slaps the B guys. <laughs> oh yeah. There's a woman who just slaps them. She seems like she's having a little bit of fun. She's like, Oh, get away from me. And then she just turns around and slaps them. Which, uh, you know what, they deserve as many slaps as they can get. 
Meanwhile, in the kitchen, because that's all you get from that. Yes. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the kitchen, Phoebe and the guy are talking, and out in the middle of their conversation, he's like, do you want to dance? <laughs> and she asks him why he didn't dress up, and he says, masquerade parties make me feel self-conscious. But in a masquerade party- Right, that's the whole point. You're wearing a yeah. costume. Uh-huh. That's so the whole point of a masquerade you. party. Yeah, it, whatever. The fuck? <laughs> We said earlier that the guy brought Jennifer upstairs, okay? So I guess it's they've been dating since the beginning of the school year, I assume. We assume. Because, again, it's really not clear about the time jump. They're trying out for the sorority, and then all of a sudden it's time for the party. And they are naked in bed, but apparently they have not had sex yet. Yeah. And uh, he he's like, I'm going to get you to do it. You know, and she's just like, if I do, will you love me forever? And he's like, I'll love you as long as, as I long can. As long as I can. It's like, oh, Jesus. Like, Christ. Oh. So, but then somebody comes upstairs. I think it's Vivia. Get downstairs. Veronica's making a presentation. Got so it. then yeah. they leave and go downstairs. So Veronica's giving this toast, and then the same thing sort of happens. The lights go out. Stuff flies across the room. And then Jennifer gets dragged by some unseen force into the basement where the door closes we see that i guess she was set up with some sort of pulley system that pulls her in and everyone's like oh my god and they're freaking out and then blake and the other guy still i gotta find out his name because another frat brother no no he's the he's the guy who was in oh the guy hitting on phoebe yeah albert 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 is his name so albert and blake get into a fight because one of them wants to go down into the basement and save her. And the other one's like, no, I'm getting the fuck out of here. I think it's Blake. That's like, I want to get the fuck out of here. And we're supposed to think that Blake's a real shitty guy. Now that under stress, something's happened and they end up getting into a fight. And then Blake stabs Albert and everyone's freaking out. And they're like, Oh my God, this was just a prank. We didn't mean for somebody to actually die. And then we find out that Albert's actually alive, that it was a retractable knife. Didn't they do that in, April Fool's? Oh, I'm sure. I think there's a fake stabbing in April Fool's. And then all the prank stuff is just over with now. Well, they haven't done their prank with the guillotine yet. But they never end up doing it because these guys broke it up. They ruined it with their own prank. Like, they found out they were going to get pranked and decided to prank them back. Hmm. Oh, they do find the dead teacher. Somebody finds him in a closet hanging. (laughs) (laughs) So this is where when now Jennifer there's a person dressed up as a seaman with a trident. Yes, but there Jennifer don't say seaman. <laughs> it's a seaman. He's like a he's like an old-timey scuba diver. Yes. First they of all, seaman seaman is the term for somebody in the navy. Not Do the navy not go underwater? That outfit is not a navy thing anyway. It doesn't fucking matter. This is the moment where we see Jennifer, when she's down in the basement this time, give the real big angry orgasm face. Something's going on with her and we don't know what it is yet. Yeah. (laughs) She just keeps doing it and you're just like, what's (laughs) happening? Why are you making that face? So, yes, somebody shows up in this like old timey scuba diver outfit. With a trident. trident, Or he's like a sea monster outfit or something. I can't remember. No, it's the big... Blake at one point, yes. Blake at one point is wearing some sea monster outfit. (laughs) Anyway. uh, 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 Ugh, whatever. I'm a sea monster! So, 
as people are leaving now because the party's ruined, I guess, it's Pam, who I think is the one who is hitting it off with the wine guy, gets stabbed with the trident. I don't know. I wrote down that the head sorority chick told Phoebe to stay away from Albert yes. Harrison. Right, yeah, that's the that's the thing. I'm gonna make this short and sweet. What? I can take it. Stay away from Albert Harrison. <gasps> Is that all? Huh? And somebody dies on the stairs so, with a hammer. Yes. So <laughs> now that Pam's dead, Veronica's headed back downstairs. There's a few red herrings where Blake runs into Martin and Martin's upstairs by himself and you don't know what Martin's doing. And so you think maybe it might be Martin, but nah, no, it, you never really feel like any of these red herrings are actually it. Um, but Veronica breaks her heel on the stairs and oh, yes. she's sitting on the stairs and then she sees somebody. It's the diving suit character who has... She asked, you wouldn't happen to have a hammer and nails, would you? Why, yes, I do. Pulls a hammer out of its holster. You wouldn't have a hammer in that pouch, would you? It's like, what? You have a hammer holster? Why? And then beats her with the hammer. Yeah, he has a new weapon for every kill. Yes. So now Veronica is dead, too. Meanwhile, we see some other chicks, and I'm only bringing them up because... They're talking about, oh, we should leave. Everybody's drunk, blah, blah, blah. And she goes, oh, bum me out. I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> what a party. Yeah, look, they broke the tombstone. Bum me out. Well, that did it. I'm leaving. It's very cute. Love 80s shit. <laughs> Albert gets his head chopped off in the guillotine. Yeah, the guy from Terror Train dies from bees. Or the bee dies? I don't know. A lot of people die. Yeah, there's a lot of deaths and they all happen in the end here. And they find a lot of body parts in the fridge. Yeah, that's one of the characters. I don't know if it's the teacher or what. No, that you said they find the teacher in the closet. Anyway, I mean, it doesn't matter because people are just dying left and right. Blake's dead in the tub. None of it makes sense. And yes. It, and it ends with like Phoebe, Vivia, and somebody else. And they're like, no, we can't leave without finding Jennifer. Oh, what? Jennifer's been missing this whole time? We haven't been keeping track of where Jennifer was? I wonder what that could possibly mean for the plot. And then some random guy is, like, strung up in the house. Like, there's just a lot of, there's a lot of deaths here that, and they all happen very quickly. They're all pointless, and they all don't tell you anything. So this is when she comes downstairs, and she's now possessed by the guy who died. Who also has magic powers. I wrote, oh, it's just magic. And he, and he's doing, she's doing his voice. And he literally says, I've been waiting 20 years for this. April fools, assholes. <laughs> I've been waiting 20 years for this. April fool, assholes. <laughs> It's magic. Jennifer is now possessed by Alan, the kid who died there previously, 20 years back. And which which implies, by the way, that Alan possessed Jennifer in order to kill his own mother. Yes, because she was going to let them use the house. He didn't like that. He even says, my house, bastards. <laughs> and then somebody has like a scepter and fog comes out of it. And it made me really happy. My house, bastards! My house! Oh, 
I don't remember that at all. And there's destruction of the stairs. And so instead, so Jennifer good. slash Alan climbs the walls, yes. but moves like it's a snake. And I'm yes. like, why is this ghost a snake now? Yes. Oh my god. I wrote down, well, this became a radically different movie. <laughs> yeah, first she jumps from stair to stair, and then she snakes up on the wall, and then she hangs on from the chandelier. And but like every once in a while, like in the Evil Dead, she'll go back to her regular voice if they ever start to leave. Uh-huh. She's like, no, help me. And I'm Phoebe, me again. Phoebe would fall for it every fucking time. Yep. And Vivia says, you're talking to a lunatic. Because <laughs> I don't know if Vivia understands that it's not their friend yes. Jennifer. So since they're upstairs and the stairs are destroyed, they try to climb out an open window on the second story. And... Vivia goes first, and she gets half out. She's dressed like a clown, by the way. Did we mention this? <laughs> and is grabbed by the head and yes! lifted out out of the window, and then thrown to the no, lawn outside. Not thrown, just dropped. Just dropped. <laughs> so again, remember, this ghost has superpowers and can lift people like that. Can yes. climb on the walls and everything. Jennifer jumps down after her. Phoebe tries to get down to help her, and ends up killing. Jennifer. I think, yeah, Jennifer ends up saying, do it, Phoebe. Yeah, and like making her do it. Phoebe, do it. <laughs> do it, Phoebe. And then they say, like, why, Jennifer? Why? 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 Why, Jennifer? Why? 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 Like, they say why a billion yes. times. So the only two left now are Vivia and Phoebe, and then all these paramedics show up and everything. Oh, this part is so angering. Yes. So Vivia, whose legs are broken and is tied to this gurney, realizes that Phoebe is now the possessed one. She says, you shouldn't have done it, Vivia. You shouldn't have taken his house. He made you pay. You did the same thing that made him die. Yeah, he didn't uh, like you're the that. one that started all this, I guess. You shouldn't have done it, Vivia. You got him mad with all that haunting stuff. Vivia, he took your best friend and he made you pay. And she crawls with her broken legs. Yeah, so she thinks she's away. But then when she's carted into, when she's rescued and she's carted on the gurney into the back of an ambulance, Phoebe's already sitting in that ambulance. And she's trying to tell there people. There are no doctors yeah. back there with them. She keeps shouting, don't put me in there with her. And they just close her in there. Yeah. Listen, all these rescue people showed up to a scene where they don't know what happened. Tons of people are dead. Yeah. And you it's, have a victim screaming, don't leave me with this person. Yeah. It's and you'd dumb. go, ah, eh, fuck you. And you close the thing and let it drive away. Are it's you fucking kidding dumb. me? Dum, 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 dum. <laughs> dum, 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 dum. Yeah, it's, uh, that's the, that's the end of the movie. It's. Yep. <sighs> Apparently, Vivia was supposed to die a lot earlier on in the movie. But after she was cast, they rewrote it. To make her live through the whole thing until the very end. Uh, oh, yeah. Over the credits here at the end, we get the best time song for the third or fourth appearance in this the movie. This is the best time of, of our, our lives. lives. These are the best times. And my last... I have two comments <laughs> that I haven't gotten to. The first is... Oh, you know. 
those classic April Fool's parties? Because that's a thing. And the other one is that the whole movie is blocked like a bad comedy made by high school hobbyists by improvising on set. Like when something needs to happen, like, oh, um, okay, so you need to find this dead body. All right, so uh, the dead body's lying right there. It's the B-Boys. <laughs> yeah, like comes up from a grate in the floor to kill them or something. Like stabs one of them in the ass. Mm -hmm. That's because it's sitting on that grate. And then anyway, and Vivia There's needs There's a lot to, of death and it happens very quickly. Yeah, Vivia needs to find the b-boy dead and and it, she can't just walk into the room and find it she has to like walk like shuffling her feet in such a way that she'll hit something so she can trip and fall on the dead body and then get scared but it's so obvious that it's like their first take they didn't know how to make it seem natural and they didn't plan it out before they showed up on set that day it, it's awful blocking like that throughout the whole entire movie do you have any uh lighting around stuff to say about the movie i just gotta say that turning it into a demon possession was so out there and different and interesting. Yes. That I really enjoyed that part yes, of it. Yes, yes, yes. And the way they decided to do it. Like, I... It, it's not, again, it's not good. <laughs> it's just, it woke us up. Yeah, I mean, totally just thought it was going to be just a straight slasher. slasher. And there's all... I kind of, looking back on it, kind of love the fact that they don't bother to tell you what's going on. Because the whole movie, you're just like, what is up with this chick? Right. You know, and it even could have been that, yes, she's getting, like, compelled by the spirit of the dead child or whatever. Or it could have become, been. But it, but it could still be a slasher. But no, yes. it's like full-on ghost demon shit. That it could fly, it could climb walls, it can lift you by the head out of a window and drop you on the ground. Like... It's incredible. Yes, and her face. <laughs> oh, God. Just for that face. And the first time she does it, guys, you don't know why. <laughs> and you're just like, what the fuck was that? Like, literally, literally. the it, this, it took the second time for me to be like, okay, obviously something is happening with that. Uh, yes, yeah. But the very first time she did it, it's out of nowhere. It's for no good reason. And then nothing comes from it. Yep. So I was just like, did she make like a funny face and they forgot <laughs> to edit it out? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. But so, I kind of, thinking about it now, I'm like, I kind of like that they didn't tell me. Yeah. So all that said, what do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, I'm sure it has a terrible score. It actually doesn't have any reviews. Oh. But there is a user score. There are 442 audience reviews. What do you think the audience score is? Mm, 64. 40. No Metacritic, no cinema score. Ouch. And only the audience score. And even that audience score is 40. Do you think that's overrated or underrated? Certainly underrated. Be careful what you rate it, because this movie was not good. I'm going to give this movie a 60. I will give it a 58. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, there's so many awful parts of it. Like, it's just so weird. And it's it's way too long. And Again, it had that moment in the beginning where I was like, if the movie was just this for the rest of the movie, I would love it. So like, there is there are elements that are just... Highly entertaining. Basically, all of the lead up to the party is so unnecessary. Yes. Like, let's like the entire just middle get of the to movie. The fun part. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> so, 
apparently the reason it happens that way, the why they cram all the murders like together at the end is because the MPAA required them to make like a ton of cuts and remove a lot of violence. And in the process of making those cuts, they just re-edit it to seem like the murders happen in quick succession. So that's why it's like that. But I don't know, like, you, it's fine, take out the gore, but keep the plot structure. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that is 1986's Killer Party. Killer Party, man. Mm. Before we get to our next movie, Kelsey, horror trivia. What actor stars in the horror comedy Shaun of the Dead, directed by Edgar Wright? What actor stars in it? I mean, are you talking about Simon Pegg? Yes. Okay. There are a lot of actors in that movie. I know. <laughs> Very poorly written. All right, Kelsey. Yeah. What front man to a famous American rock band is a predominant cast member in the movie Cry Underscore Wolf from 2005? I never would have known if you hadn't told me. I told you while we were watching I would it, have yeah. had no clue who I he was. I was like, the, the minute you see him, and even from behind, and I'm like, oh my God, that is him with his hair at this time. Looked exactly like that. And he turns around and he's wearing his glasses, but even still, just immediately I was like, that is... John Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi. Never knew what he looked like. Not once. This is after he kind of had a resurgence in the early 2000s with It's My Life. Uh, yeah. I'm not a John Bon Jovi fan. <laughs> really, really not. It's my life. It's now or never. <laughs> I'm gonna live forever. Hey, John bon Jovi. <laughs> Sorry, John Bon Jovi. I know that you get really. But that movie, that movie came out sensitive. But that movie came out in, but that song came out in like two thousand, so a couple years prior to this. But there was a lot of time where Bon Jovi just was you know not relevant. Why he wanted to be in this movie? I don't. It was in between albums. But like, he's not an actor, right? Like, he's been in other things. He has been in other things. He has. Yes. So ridiculous. I'm John Bon Jovi, so I just need to be in movies. Well, I mean, he was in Young Guns, too. You know, the famous Young Guns. Never saw it. This is all soundtrack. Oh, he did the, did he do the soundtrack? No. Oh. Oh, right. He had a regular character on Ally McBeal. I didn't watch. A couple years prior to that. But I've never seen it really. In 2002, he was in Pay It Forward. He was in U571, that U boat movie. Pay It Forward? Yes, he was in an episode of Sex in the City. Okay. Okay, I was wrong. Yeah, but most everything he's done is is music videos. All of his credits are music videos. So let's talk about 2005's Cry Underscore Wolf, written by Jeff Wadlow and Bo Bauman, directed by Jeff Wadlow, starring Julian Morris, Lindy Booth, Jared Padalecki, Mm -hmm. Gary Cole, with a British accent for some reason, and (laughs) John Bon Jovi. What is Cry Underscore Wolf about? You do that every time. I can stop here. (laughs) It's about... It's... Really dumb. Um, it's about a girl gets murdered right near a college campus, and bored rich kids decide to create. I guess it's not college. I guess it's high school, huh? It's high school. It's a prep school, right? That's important. That's an important part of it. Yeah, that they're in high school. That they're underage. So, um, call rich high school kids out of boredom 
make up a killer. And then I don't know how else and to describe And then the murders it actually without... start to happen. And then yeah, the murders happen. There you go. Yeah. So it's three dollars to rent and ten dollars to buy, or thereabouts, just about everywhere. It it was released as a PG thirteen movie, but we watched the uncut version. And I texted Kelsey when she's like, Oh, do you want me to rent the uncut version? Because yes, we rented this. We did not buy it. <laughs> do you want me to rent the uncut version? I said, sure. It'll be the rated R cut, I bet, but they never got it rated, so they get to say it's unrated. Yes. Sure enough, that's exactly what happened. They had an R version that they cut down to make sure it got a PG-13 by the MPAA, and then they re-released the original version that would have just been a simple R, and not yeah. even a hardcore R there whatsoever. There was nothing shocking about this But they film. get to call it unrated. Yes. Ugh, whatever. Should people watch this movie? No. No. Hard no. Don't. Hard pass. Don't. Instead of watching the movie, play Werewolf or Mafia. I wouldn't know. Have you really never played Werewolf with us? No. I've played Werewolf a bunch with the guys, and I guess I've always done it without Kelsey. Whenever I'm there with all the guys, nobody wants to play Werewolf. I don't think we ever bring it up when you're there. As a matter of fact, last time we played it was at our wedding. The night before when we couldn't see each other and all yes. the guys are at my Airbnb and we played it there. Well, anyway. We'll talk about it. We'll talk about the game in a little bit. But no, don't watch it. No. Not. Okay. So this movie is not a zero. Like this movie no. is no, not no, no, no. like a horrific piece of trash. It's just so uninspired. It thinks it's way better than it is. I mean, okay. I was very frustrated when I found out that it has nothing to do with April Fool's Day. It's just practical jokes. But it is pretty much April Fool's, the movie, until the end. <laughs> so I understand why it came up when I searched for horror movies that take place on uh Oh, April, April Fool's. Day. April Fool's. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, I mean. It, uh... It's basically April Fool's, just not as good. Not as good? April Fool's Day? It, see, this is what I'm talking about. April Fool's Day. There's April. Fake deaths, but you keep. This has fake deaths. But you keep saying April Fool's, which is another movie, which is horrible. I'm sorry. And then there's another April Fool's Day, which is supposed to be a remake of April Fool's Day, but it's not, and it's terrible. Yes. It, this so is we gotta basically be clear. an April Fool's Day remake. Right, but no, an April Fool's Day, they're trying to. It's one girl who's trying it's to play a prank on everyone. It's a very different ending. Yeah, and a very different, yeah, very different motivation, very different what she does, but it starts out with fake deaths. But whereas April Fool's Day was literally fake deaths the whole way through, real people actually die in this. Only, like, one person. Two people. Oh, well. We'll get to that. Yeah. But it ends up an actual murder, and it's more sinister What's going on? Whereas the first one in April Fool's Day from 86, it's just a practical joke. And this is not just a practical joke. It starts out as a practical joke, but you find out what a twist. It's not a practical joke. And it's actually really serious and sinister. But anyway, it's not good. Don't watch it. No. It was frustrating Unless at almost every time. you want to see Jared turn. Padalecki look like a little baby boy. He is a little baby Jared Padalecki. <laughs> anyway, again, it's not a zero. It's just... It's it it's not a zero, but it is kind of a nothing movie. So you're saying the main guy is not actually British? No, Gary Cole plays his dad. 
Gary Cole is Lumberg from Office Space. Oh, yeah. His dad, who's British, for I mean, obviously because well, he's, he's British. British, but Gary Cole isn't British, is he? <laughs> oh my God, is Gary Cole British? <laughs> this is the only thing I've ever seen him in with a British accent. No, he's from Illinois. Oh, he has a southern accent in Talladega Nights. And he's in Dodgeball. Anyway, you can take our advice or leave it. But when we get back, we will talk about 2005's Cry Wolf. We're sneaking out. Do you want to come? Where are we going? What's like tradition? To do what? To play the game. So how do we play? It's a lying game. The object... Avoid suspicion. Manipulate your friends. Eliminate your enemies. This year, we've got to raise the stakes. Let's convince them. Murderers on campus. They're the sheep, and we're the wolves. We're gonna create a killer. He needs a name. The wolf. The neon ski mask. Give him a camo jacket, too. What else does every good mass murderer have? How about a gun? But a knife would be scarier. First death is always a townie. Which is just a warning shot. It's so obvious, it's perfect. Think anyone will believe her? I read the email. It's happening. The first girl she was shot in the face. He sent it to everyone he knows. Who's gonna if I didn't want to get gutted? Mercy, someone's there. Did you hear about that girl that's missing? I don't think this is a joke. <laughs> You're the only one then, man. He could be making this whole thing up. Someone's here. This fall, the terror they created. The email's coming true. We'll finish. It's going this way. The game they started. Kelsey, can you get us started? How does Cry Wolf? begin we open on a woman screaming and running through the woods she's being chased by someone who is holding a flashlight but then her phone goes off and she is found and she gets shot classic that is the opening scene (laughs) it was a real boring punctuation to this intro scene too when the gunshot goes off there's just a bad gunshot sound effect and a quick fade to white it's just really really boring it's like something you might see on a television show or something like that yes there was nothing interesting or different about this yeah. then we get to see this beautiful prep school which i guess is a high school yeah i think a, they're in high school it's a private school and this new kid shows up but he can't find anybody he sees a deer on campus and then he meets lindy booth as dodger that's right dodger which there's one line about why she's named dodger and it doesn't even turn out to be real. I don't remember their explanation for it. Because her mom teaches literature at some college or something like that. And she's a big fan of Oliver. You know, the art. I don't Dodger. remember them saying that at all. Yeah. And I don't think she explicitly says Oliver, but she's like, oh, the curse of my mom being a college English teacher or something like that. But then we find out later on. That her mom is just, just a middle school teacher. (laughs) (laughs) So, she is skipping out of the assembly, which is where all the kids are. 
And he... Owen is his name, by the way. Owen. And he has a father that he lies about. He says how much his father loves him, but he really doesn't. Mm -hmm. Everyone lies about their parents because they're ashamed of their parents. Yes. And Dodger almost gets in trouble for leading the assembly, but then he's like, oh, she was going to help me find where to go. And it's like, well, yeah, but... How could she have known to help you? Right. Unless she, she was, was already outside. Already outside of the assembly. And then the assembly gets out. And the assembly is about, like, what? Protecting yourself? Taking care of yourself? No idea what When there's about. a killer about or something? I don't, I don't know. I think they've... T- oh, yes. Oh, because there was a murder. Yeah. yeah. And and then everyone comes rushing out of the assembly. And he's like, okay, let's go find my dorm. And she's gone. Because she's kind of a bitch. <laughs> so he gets to his dorm room, which he will be sharing with Jared Padalecki. Yes, little baby Jared Padalecki. And the first thing he says to Owen is, I just wipe my ass. <laughs> I love just this idea of like, this is what high school kids are like. Also that Jared Padalecki is from Texas. And people get on his shit all the time about being from Texas. I think one time he says y'all, but he does not have an accent in no. any way, shape or form. No. Nope. And it's like they're really nailing down, oh, he's from Texas. Let's make fun of him because he's from Texas. And But there's nothing about him to make fun of. Right. But so the kid is trying to be good because he got kicked out of his last school. We don't know why. We find out later it's because he took the fall for his girlfriend. Yeah. Who had drugs on her. And his girlfriend was the dean's daughter. daughter. Yeah. It's, it's all so unimportant. Yeah. So, but Jerry Padalecki tells him that Dodger asked me to bring you to this game that we do at midnight, which we're not allowed to do in the chapel. It's like every week they go to the chapel and play this game at midnight. And it turns out that the game is, it's werewolf. It's werewolf. You've probably played werewolf. Probably. It was originally called Mafia. Or you, it, yeah, you've pro- you've probably played a game very similar to yes. it. No, I've heard of very different versions. Like when I was a kid... It was mafia, and it was this thing where, like, you walked around and, like, you had to, you had to shake everybody's hand, and if they, if they, like, yeah, I remember that. that. That was like a school game. You they, were like they rubbed your. You wrist were the bad guy. You were the yeah. mafia guy or something. But it's you know you've played games like that's this. how they identified who the mafia person was when you set it up. But yeah, the point of the game is whether it's mafia or werewolf. There's a bad guy minority, and then there's the uninformed majority that is the rest of the people that live there whether it's the citizens or the villagers in the case of of werewolf and then every day the citizens kill somebody who they assume is the bad guy and then that person is out and every night the bad guys kill one of the villagers but they have all the information they need they know who everyone is and so this continues on until either the citizens kill all the bad guys or the bad guys reduce the number of citizens until they're even. And yeah. it's it's just werewolf, but they act like they made this game up. <laughs> and it's really frustrating. Like there, there's even a description in, I think it's on the Wikipedia page for this movie where they say, oh, AOL did a virtual game to promote this movie over AOL Instant Messenger. The game they describe it as it's very similar to mafia except they replace the townspeople and mafia with sheep and wolves so you mean werewolf that game already exists why would you say it's similar to mafia Ma- mafia was created in 1986 werewolf 1987 to all the kids out there who are asking what the heck is an im message 
Think of it as texting, but through the computer. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's basically Facebook Messenger, but you had to download a whole extra app for it and... It was ahead it of its ruled time. ruled our lives. It was ahead for of its time. about five years. <laughs> I mean, after AIM, there's all these other, you know, messaging apps like Facebook Messenger and WhatsApp and stuff like that, that like it predated by quite a bit, but it died before this trend became like a huge thing. So. Yeah, it's funny. This was, this came out in what, 2005? 2005, yeah. So it was right on its way out. Yeah. Like, Two years later, no one would have IM. Uh-huh. <laughs> I had to put this into perspective, 2005 was the year that YouTube launched. It was the year I graduated high school. Yeah, I graduated high school four years prior <laughs> to YouTube launching. <laughs> yeah. So I am, we were all about IM all through my middle school and uh-huh. high school. Anyway, so she describes it. She explains it's a lying game where you manipulate your friends and you eliminate your enemies. And he says, well, it can't be much of a game. You guys all know each other very well. So it was very easy for him to win. Yeah. He got picked as the werewolf. He exploited that. And he exploited Uh all the things that they already knew about each other. There's also a lot of gay jokes. Okay, I wrote this down. There's a lot of gay jokes. I wrote this down. First of all. At the beginning of this, everyone says each other's names to establish who everyone is, but it's very, very unnatural. As soon as Owen walks in, everyone's talking to each other, and every time somebody says something to somebody else, they say their name, which is ridiculous. Hey, Tom, who's your new boyfriend? Oh, uh, you'll have to excuse Randall here. He doesn't know the difference between a roommate and a cellmate. (laughs) Everybody, this is Owen. Owen, this is everybody. Hey, Jungle Fever, you guys want to join us? Oh, what's wrong, Graham? Bad mood because you blew the physics test? I don't know, Lewis. Bad mood because the only thing Mercedes blows is her hair. Uh, I hate to be the bitch here, but are we going to play or what? Come on, Regina, you love to be the bitch. (laughs) And then, like, I understand why they do it so they can introduce it to us, but it's just with such ruthless efficiency that it's just really bad. (laughs) Where it's like a, a web where this person talks to this person who talks to this person, and then that person talks to that person. So everyone's name gets mentioned in, like, five sentences. It's just absolutely ridiculous. But yes, they follow that up during this game of Werewolf with, I wrote down three gay jokes in this one scene. (sighs) Who's your boyfriend? One guy asks, and then the other side guy says, oh, I'm sorry about him. He doesn't know the difference between a roommate and a cellmate, which is a gay prison joke, which is an extra layer of fucked. And then somebody says, oh, just because he's your new butt buddy. Yes. And then another person says, oh, that same person says, watch your back. And then somebody responds with, do you know how gay you sound right now? Yes. As a matter of fact, I think it was Jared Padalecki. Yes. It's like, man, it's, ooh. A lot of gay jokes. <laughs> a lot. It's really bad. And then there's an even an R word reference. Dude says, this is retarded. Oh, yes. Yeah, they call each other bitches. Jerry Padalecki makes fun of one of them for being fat. Like, it is, kids are not nice to each other. And this is probably the one thing that I thought they did get right. Because when I hear my kids talk to each other, of course, my kids are in middle school. But they're ruthless to each other. Yeah, uh-huh. Oh, it's just a joke. Always. Yeah, I remember that. But he wins, but he gets everyone pissed off at him as a result. Yes, so the the game here is not, oh, you lost. It's you have to actually leave. You have to physically leave if you get kicked out. But everyone's like so butthurt when they get picked. It's like, yes. don't you play this every week? Yes. How do you get upset at this? I think it's because. Because there's money Owen. involved. Well, that. <laughs> but also I think it's Owen 
the new guy is he getting keeps diverting attention out. and then everyone's like oh you picked the new guy over me yes. it's like it's not like we're picking him to save him on the spaceship that goes to mars when the earth explodes it's that it's a game and i picked a dude it's nothing personal man yeah but so they all get eliminated he's the last one left he wins and then he kind of trash talks her friends and he's like, you're just a bunch of spoiled rich kids. Like, you were easy to manipulate. And she's just like, you know what? Those are my friends. Those are my friends. Which is funny because she's not a spoiled rich kid. Right. <laughs> so like, all right. Yes. Here he comes. Here he comes. The next scene is John Bon Jovi. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. You want to tell our listeners? I don't know why I love the fact that John Bon Jovi is in this movie so much, but I do. So we get his journalism class that he's going to, and it turns out because he's not he's not supposed to do journalism. His dad doesn't well, want him taking. Yeah, journalism. his dad wants him to take like business classes and stuff, and he's explaining to his dad, who by the way is Lumberg from Office Space, <laughs> doing a British accent. Uh, not that Lumberg, but the other Lumberg. Oh, and he's not that disgusting. <laughs> And the teacher, uh, the journalism teacher is John Bon Jovi. And like, okay, awesome, great. But she's also in the class. And she IMs him in the middle of class. And apparently all these computers in journalism class have speakers attached to them. And so it goes off in the middle of the class. And instead of turning alerts off, instead of turning the speakers down, he just leaves it on. And the, the teacher gets upset. On top of which, the teacher gets mad. At him for receiving a text message. Right. right. That's the bullshit part. And apparently you can text message anybody from anywhere, but they also have usernames. So, like, did he sign in to AIM? Or, like, we didn't see it. He's just sitting down at the computer and he gets a text message. So are you pinging the machine or are you pinging a profile? And it doesn't make any sense. But anyway, he's getting these messages from Bo This when Peep. adults didn't understand yes. the internet. <laughs> this is... He's getting... A message from Bo Peep, who we know is Dodger, but a little on the nose there. She's Bo Peep. You know how she herds sheep, and there's this big line between are you a wolf or are you sheep? Yes. Like, it's... And she never has to be either. She's always the... Well, she's Bo Peep. She's the narrator. She's She is the shepherd, you yes. know. She controls the sheep. So it's... You know, a little bit of foreshadowing, but also throughout the movie, she's just a total bitch all the time. Just an arrogant, arrogant person. And it's like talking down to her friends all the time about how I'm so much smarter and cleverer than you are. Like the entire fucking movie. And it's like, why would we like this person? I don't understand. So one of the guys is going to borrow Jared Padalecki's car to go and hook up with another college girl in a sorority and take her to her formal. So that's Randall. He's the punk-looking one. He has piercings. Yes, and I. this is a weird, like, it's very simple what's happening, but it's very convoluted in the way that they did it because they didn't want you to be aware that it was so simple. Yeah. So, like, there's this whole thing where he's supposed to take Jared's car to the sorority, to a formal. To a, to a uh, freshman in college. And then come back, because the whole idea is to have sex with this girl. But aside from all of that, the fact that 
he leaves is important because later they're like, where is he? Because they can't find him. We've mentioned it again. He announces ahead of time that he's not going to be in town. And so when he disappears, nobody knows he's actually gone. Well, but Owen contacts the girl and the girl says. Yes. Thank you, Kelsey. He never showed up. He never came. As if he established those plans in the first place. And then later, they're like, well, he's missing. And then they're like, wait, but Jared Padalecki's car is back. So he must be back. And in fact, he is everybody. But we don't find out why he didn't take that girl to the formal unless that's part of the plan. Well, but why would he? In which case, it's just so convoluted. Why would he? made up any reason for him to be leaving. Well, why would he have actually made those plans with that girl? I guess to make it seem more realistic if he actually is missing. But it's so convoluted, like I said, like it unnecessary. And it makes right. your plot so confusing when in fact your plot is really easy. And again, I know that you want me to be confused because you're trying to keep it as a mystery, but that doesn't it's work. It's just such a hackneyed mystery. It's it so is. bad. So what's going on here? They're all having lunch together and they decide to take their werewolf game up a notch. Because there's a murder and everyone's freaked out about the murder, what if they can convince people that there's a serial killer who's preyed on other schools in the past and the murders always start with a townie or whatever. And so they they didn't get into this much depth. They just came up with the idea of potentially doing this. And oh, yeah, this is so when Randall says he's going to go and he's going to take Jared's car. Yes, and she explains, we'll be the wolves and the yeah. rest of the school will be the sheep. And one of them asks, well, how do we do that? Now, the implication here is that Dodger has had this huge plan from the get-go, okay? Yes. So she asks them, Spoilers. like, what should we do? <laughs> and the person says, well, I don't know, how do we do that? And she goes, you're all playing checkers and I'm playing chess. This is the kind of shit that I'm talking about. Just an arrogant prick. But so later, that line will make sense because she's got this whole scheme. Yeah. But then it ends up being Owen that comes up with the plan. Yes. So he's, he, she, her plan relies on him coming up with a plan that perfectly conforms to her needs. Yes. Yeah. Dumb. Anyway. This movie is dumb. So they do come up with this plan, just the two of them, later on. Uh, there's also a line where these, one of the one of the features of this killer that they're making up is that he has this orange balaclava, like a hunter's mask on. And she's like, orange doesn't exactly inspire fear. And he's like, what? Orange is the new black. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's funny. When did orange is the new black come out? Well, the question is, when did the book come out? Oh, Yeah. Orange is the New Black, the book, came out in 2010, and the show didn't come out till 2013. So, I don't know why, <laughs> or if it's just a dropped reference of, what, it's the New Black, and it's the New Black is the trope that they're using. That is a trope. It is. Yeah. So, I guess that's, this is funny. Like, is it Josie and the Pussycats where they say that black is the New Black? They cycle through all these different colors. It is. When they're putting the subliminal messaging in all the songs, and no, they're telling because, people what colors are the New Black? No, because earlier... She had said something about pink, and then she then later says, blank is the new pink. I live for these pink shoes. Yeah, they are so much cooler than our red shoes. You guys, pink is the new red. <laughs> I love this song. Oh, it's their best ever. If I don't buy it, everybody's going to hate me. Totally. And I also want orange shoes. Yeah, orange shoes are so much cooler than these stupid pink shoes. You guys, orange is the new pink. Yeah. 
I remember that. I don't remember. Why. Right, but that's Josie and the Pussycats. Yeah, yes. I'm, I'm just making a reference. That's all. I'm not saying it's coming from that or anything. Josie and the Pussycats is a way underrated movie. <sighs> I'm just saying. So it's basically a checklist that they go down. What's his name? The Wolf. What should he be wearing? An orange deer hunter mask and a camo jacket. What's the weapon? Well, the original murderer used a gun. Yeah, but a knife is way scarier. Mm -hmm. So we're going to change it to a knife. So there's like a process he goes through, right? Like the first one is he kills a townie with a gun and then he does, he kills somebody on campus. Yeah. uh He takes out the knife. And they go through all the different deaths. And this is when they're with their friends. So, yeah, this expands. So first they're, they're alone, and then they expand it while they're sitting and talking with friends. So they come up with them. One will be hiding in a car. One is in the bathroom after the girl who's obsessed with herself. One is in the chapel where a guy will be castrated and left to die. I wrote that specifically down because I was like, Jesus. Yeah, well, because what they're doing is in order to come up with all these victims, they're all thinking of ways to kill their friends. One will have their intestines ripped out. The pretty girl, Dodger, will choke on her own tongue, mm-hmm. but then the good guy, Owen, will die at the end of a broken heart because uh-huh. Dodger will be dead. And weirdly enough- It all comes true. <laughs> no, only some of them yeah. come true. That's the weird part. Uh-huh. Why not well, go all, all them, in? All of them except for Dodger and Owen. Nobody gets castrated. Well, I think the implication is that he was, but we never see it. I guess. Was anybody hiding in a car? Yeah, he got attacked in the car. Oh. Owen gets attacked in the car later. Well, but so Owen asks- do you think anyone will believe it? And then we get a montage of all of the kids on mm. campus believing it. So they send out an email and it comes from Owen as somebody who's from a different school. No, I've heard of this. And he, he's forwarding something else that he gets. And John Bon Jovi knows right away exactly what's going on. And it's like, what the fuck, man? I know you had trouble at your last school. And they sit down to play chess. Yeah. <laughs> They sit down to play chess, and yes, John Bon Jovi is talking to him about all this stuff, and Owen's response is, this is high school. Nothing's for real. Yeah. The arrogance of youth. Don't you mean the confidence? Actually, I meant the ignorance. You know, it was just for fun. Yeah, I do. But you've got to know it had some real consequences. No offense, Mr. Walker. This is high school. Nothing's for real. I hate that. I hate, I hate. It's high school. Nothing's for real. Especially since there are kids out there who actually think that and they're fuckheads. Anyway. um, I just think it's funny that it's like, you know a girl actually died, right? right? There is a real death here. It's not just... (laughs) We get more instances of Owen's father ignoring him because he doesn't care and that's so unimportant to the Mm -hmm. story. He gets an I am from the wolf. Yes, while he's in his room with Tom, who is Jared Padalecki. And it says, be careful what you wish for. I'll lick your bones clean. And so Jared's like, it's gotta be Dodger. Let's go fuck with Dodger. So they find Dodger, who is... Swimming laps. Swimming laps. But apparently she's like, is she on the swim team? I don't think so. Because she's wearing a bikini in the school pool, which is not what swim teams wear. Yeah. But whatever. And they're up on the second, they're up on like the balcony seating above the pool and they're behind a banner. 
so they're hidden, and they're throwing giant chunks of ice. Which is so dangerous. Because they're not even looking. Yeah, they're, they're just and they, lobbing they it over. They make a joke about it. They're like, oh, we don't want to kill her. We just want to scare her. Yeah. You already could have. You could have hit her in the fucking head. And so the last one they try, all of a sudden they hear her go on. Like, she's not swimming anymore. And she's not making any noise. So he, Owen looks up over the thing. He sees that, oh, my God, she's underwater. And he jumps into the pool after Jared is convinced she's just faking it, but not Owen. Yes, he jumps in. Jared runs down and helps pull her out after Owen rescues her. And... She spits in his face yes. because she was just faking Oh, and it. Matthews, you're my hero. <laughs> Meanwhile, now this part was really confusing oh, timeline-wise. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm going to spend an inordinate amount of time on this. Okay, so they find out it's that it's- It's just a fuck up. That's all it is. No, but it's- They fucked up with the timeline. But That's it's- it, No, it's infuriating how little effort they put into this. <laughs> So she's like, I've been here. I couldn't have been me. So timeline of events. They get the text message. They go see Dodger at the pool. She proves it can't be her because she's been at the pool. They go see the guy who they made fun of for calling fat before, who was really butthurt for getting kicked out of the werewolf game. And he is tutoring a big bunch of younger students. And he's like, no, you got what you deserved or whatever. And, he, and he's like, oh, so you sent the IM? And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I made a noise complaint against you. You guys were making so much noise, and I'm right underneath you. I heard all of it. And it's like you were, you know, having a party up there or something like that. But it couldn't have been me that sent the IM because I've been in here for hours. Okay. So it's it was at this point that Jared Padalecki and Owen have split up. Yes. And Owen is by himself. So already – the timeline's fucked up because <laughs> this kid can't have sent the IM because he's been in there for hours. We know it, right? But it also means that he can't have made this noise complaint call because we find out what the noise complaint is about immediately next. Owen goes back to his dorm room where Tom already is and all of Tom's stuff on his side of the dorm room is completely smashed and trashed. So... The dorm room trashing had to happen after the IM. But if the other dude couldn't have sent the IM because he's been tutoring all day, then he also couldn't have made the noise complaint call. Yes. Which, by the way, is never addressed. The noise complaint, nobody shows up to address the fact that there was a noise complaint. And then on top of it, Tom, Jared Padalecki, gets butt hurt that, why did you trash my dorm? Why, why did you trash all my stuff? He's like, what are you talking about? It's our dorm. Yeah, but all your stuff is fine. My stuff's all fucked up. Why did you, like, okay, dude, we find out later that he's doing this on purpose. But, like, why would you immediately assume it was your roommate because your roommate's stuff didn't, didn't get trashed? Until you left him to go back to the dorm? You've been with him this entire time. It is physically impossible for him to have trashed this dorm. Yes. But it's just a lot of that stuff where just continuity error after continuity error after continuity error. It doesn't make sense, especially when the plot is so fucking convoluted. <laughs> it's so wrapped in on itself. You need to do this really intelligently. And I'm going to make a comment later about how this movie thinks that it's the usual suspects. And it has a usual suspects moment at the very end. And it is so not the usual suspects. <laughs> 
So they end up looking at their computer, because there's another IM that says, I ate your friend, and then Randall's ring, one of his rings, tongue ring, I don't fucking know, is sitting on top of the, the laptop, and it's got blood on it. Mm-hmm. But Padalecki doesn't seem concerned. He thinks it's just a, a prank. One well, of their friends is playing on them. Because he knows she has... That's a right. recipe for fake blood. But when when Owen contacts her, she says, no, I've been on a field trip all day, so it couldn't have been me. Mm-hmm. Then we get a scene with Owen and the Dodger in the library. I don't remember why they're in the library. Yeah, there's this weird thing also with timing here. I really stopped paying attention to this part because it, I was so angry with how much this movie wasn't making sense <laughs> that apparently she... Like, he thinks that she was lying about sending the IMs still, and then she's like, oh, it can't have been me because I was visiting my mom, and she's actually a middle school teacher, and my dad still, you don't want to know about my dad. There's a lot of that sort of, like, foreshadowing. Who's her, is her dad the killer? Who, by the way, we get flashes of throughout this movie after they create him. It's just random flashes against a black background. It's Really dumb? dumb? Yeah, uh uh-huh. They decide together that because it can't be Dodger and it can't be anybody else, it has to be Randall. He left. It was just a cover story. He's not actually seeing that freshman chick, and he's the one who's who's fucking with us. That's how they got his piercing there, his bar. Well, for whatever reason, they end up going to the library, and they're in the stacks, and it's where the lights come on only if you're there. Yeah. And this part makes no sense when you find out. What's happening? They think they're being followed, or they think that the guy is in there because they keep seeing lights going on, and then and then they'll just stop. And they're like, either he left, or he's just standing there very, very still. still. And it's just like, I guess it's just supposed to be some rando person that was walking through. It's like the librarian or something well, like that. later it's the librarian. Uh-huh. But the librarian comes from over here. The other person they were watching was over there. Later we find out that it, I think it was Regina. Oh. Well, who's Regina? She's the Asian one. Oh. Whatever. So they end up getting spooked, but it's a jump scare. And he walks her outside. They and have she, like a romantic moment, by the way. Every time they're about to kiss, something happens. And it's the librarian who shows up and is like, oh, you'll you'll get more privacy in this area in of the German library. German philosophy. It's kind of cute. It's It's adorable. almost the best moment of the movie. <laughs> Try German philosophy. No, it'll bother you there. Anyway. So they go outside and he goes to kiss her and she goes, I don't like PDA. And there's a gardener there. You'll find out later the gardener's your dad. Yes. It doesn't fucking matter. Yes. <laughs> it's so dumb. But his he realizes that he left his book bag up there. Mm-hmm. How convenient for the, for what's going on. And then it's been stolen. Yep. It's not there when he gets back. And he says, oh, is it to the librarian? Is it at the Lost and Founds? Nope. And then he makes the phone call. He finds out that the guy never showed up to take the girl to the formal. As he's walking back to his dorm, he sees Dodger making out with John Bon Jovi. Yep. <laughs> and he's just like, fuck it. I'm not interested in her anymore. 
And then at school the next day, I don't know why he suddenly has his book bag or like yes. somebody found it or something. And then a giant knife falls out. Which again, it's relying on him knocking over his book bag and a knife falling out yes. in order for this prank to be effective. Otherwise, you just gifted a dude an awesome knife. Also, <laughs> the teacher obviously has to, to report it. Right. And he's like, you're not going to report shit because otherwise I'm going to tell them about the relationship that you're having with your students. But here's the thing. Any one of those kids who's terrified because they think a fucking serial killer is uh-huh. on the loose. Will also report it. Will report it. Yes, yes. Totally. And there's fucking no accounting for that dumb. happening. There's also a moment in here. It's the classic moment where when somebody finds something that isn't theirs, but it implicates them in a murder and it's a weapon like a knife or a gun. And then like a cop shows up and is like, put it down. And they're like, it's not mine. And then they lift it up instead of putting it down. It's always ridiculous. Always, always ridiculous every time. And it's a garbage trope. It happens here in a classroom where he has a giant knife And John Bon Jovi's like, Owen, put the knife down. And he's like, but it's not mine. Dude, just put the knife down and then explain it. Exactly. So then, for whatever reason, Dodger then tries to, like, kiss him in public. And he's like, I'm not a fan of PDA. And she's like, funny? And she doesn't get it. And he's just, like, not interested and walks away. Yeah. Which, by the way, if your excuse for not kissing in front of your dad is you don't like PDA and you don't want him to know that it's that it's your dad. Why would you suddenly show up and do PDA in a different place? Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. So she wanted him to take her to the Halloween dance that night, but he, he A, wouldn't have wanted to take her anyway, and B, he has to work. So that night, he yes, he's a janitor. I also wrote, wait, it's Halloween? There was no indication up to this point that it was going to be Halloween until it all of a sudden was Halloween. Yes. And... Yes, he has this job, and I'm like, wait a minute, when did he have a job? And Kelsey's like, uh, he's had it this whole movie. I didn't even notice. In the very first notice. few scenes, we, we, he tells us that yeah. he has a job and all that. Oh, um, and he talks to his dad, maybe? Okay. But so he is mopping the floor, and then he sees that someone has opened up, like, uh, put their, like, fingers between blinds of oh, yeah. a window, so he thinks he's being watched. So he bravely opens the door. What does he find? Two women making out. Two women making out. And then they're surprised that he comes in. Like, you were watching him. It wouldn't make any no, sense. because she's pushing her up against the window. Oh, so okay. They, they Got it. Him. I see. I see. What doesn't right. make sense. Uh-huh. How the fuck did they get in there without him noticing? Yes. It really doesn't make any sense. No sense. But then someone walks in behind him and attacks him, and everybody's like, it's just your friend playing pranks on you. But it's dressed like the wolf. Yes, in the clothing that they described. We find out that Tom's car is back, but no one has seen Randall. But then he goes to look at the car, and he gets chased. Yeah, he... he, he in the car, right? No, like, he's in a parking lot. He goes to check and see if the car is there. It is. It's outside of the Halloween dance. He gets Yeah, no, chased. he gets he gets in the car and 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 the the wolf is in the back seat behind oh, and him. He jumps out of yeah, the car uh-huh. and then it chases after him. So we have the attack in the car. There you go. But it turns out it's, it's just one of the girlfriends. Yes. Trust me, guys. Mercedes. Their friends do not matter. <laughs> Mercedes, who is... She's the ditzy girl. 
Yeah, she's Lewis's girlfriend. I guess. And she's like, sorry, but they're like mad at him. Yes, he gets in trouble for this when he was being pranked. Like, it, it's never satisfying. Don't put that shit in the movie. I feel like maybe they're trying to say that the school thinks that they did. They both did it together. Like, Why would that even make sense? I don't know. Ugh. But anyway, so he gets another IM from the wolf the next day after being told that he's, is he going to be suspended or expelled? I feel like he talks some of his way out of getting expelled. But anyway, he gets an IM. Oh, yeah. Wolf. No, they have they have a, the meeting and we see Mercedes comes out of the dean's office or whatever, her her office. And then Owen goes back in and she says they will decide what happens to him over the weekend. Ah, and but they but no they sense. but they need to stay on campus. I'm a teacher. We don't do business yeah. on the weekends. Anyway, oh, that's right. Walker, Mr. Walker spoke up for him. John Bon Jovi. Yes. Cuz he doesn't want to get fired. Uh-huh. But Owen is very concerned. It is a full moon tonight. The guy is going to attack. Up until now, it's just been pranks, but I'm telling you that this guy is real. He's going to attack tonight. So, we see, yeah, he sends a message to everyone and they meet in the chapel. No, not him. It's Dodger. It says, Midnight Chapel, we finish the game. Oh, right. I, God. I think I have a note here about how overly. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I have it written down here. Midnight Chapel, we finish the game. What a dramatic mass text. <laughs> so, they're all in there and they're all admitting to all of the things that they've done. The Asian girl at one point admits that she was chasing after Dodger, and she says, I thought it was time for you to feel like a sheep. Yeah, and there's like, there's no indication that there's any sort, aside from the fact that Dodger's just a bitch all the time, there's no indication that anybody's butthurt about it, except for Graham, the, the redhead kid. Like, he's the only one that's like, oh, he's a little punk bitch. But that Regina doesn't like her? Like, that, I, never an indication. I don't know. They Somebody admits to destroying their room. Somebody admits to sending the IMs. But the ditzy girl who got in trouble for chasing after Owen wouldn't sneak out because she was too scared to get caught again. Uh -huh. So she's inside the dorm room. Mm, let me mention that it's like one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this girl decides midnight. to take a shower. It's midnight. Oh, it's midnight. Because <laughs> of the dramatic mass text. Right, but this is after they've been yes, talking uh -huh. for a while. But anyway, it's like one o'clock in the morning and she's like, I'm going to take a shower. What? Why? Yeah. Why? Who takes a shower at one o'clock in the morning? <laughs> also, then he, her boyfriend is like, send me a picture. It'll be like phone sex 2.0. Yeah. Well, because this is before selfie culture. This is before that, I guess. It's weird. It's yeah. weird that but there she was takes a time a selfie. when it seemed strange yeah. that a guy would ask for a picture. Right. How bizarre. It's like phone sex 2.0. Yeah. So, yeah, she takes a picture of herself with, on her fucking flip phone or whatever it is she have. What? What? Don't they all have, like, one of those Nokia sidekicks? phones. Or whatever. They're little flip phones. Yeah. So she takes a picture of herself, sends it to him, and he's like, there's somebody behind you in the picture. There is zero way he would be able to see that on that resolution. <laughs> <laughs> those phone and the cameras on them sucked. <laughs> they were terrible. They were terrible. But she, he's on the phone with her, and she gets attacked. Oh, yeah. Also, you wouldn't be able to take a picture and send the photo while being on the phone. Oh, totally. You can't even fucking do that now. <laughs> you totally can. <laughs> but anyway, she gets attacked, and he's like, oh, my God, she's getting attacked to everybody. 
They end up finding Randall dead in a confessional. Yes. Randomly. Uh-huh. Oh, I guess he's the one that was killed in the chapel. And she's the one that was killed in the bathroom, staring at herself yes. in the mirror. So now they think the girl's dead. They think Randall's dead. And for whatever reason, they've got 20 minutes to find Dodger. So Owen is running around looking for Dodger, but he ends up finding Lewis who gets attacked on the stairs, but above him, so he can't really see what's happening. Yeah. And then he ends up running into John Bon Jovi's office at one point. Yeah, because he's looking rings, for Dodger, yeah. And he answers it. She immediately asks, what are you doing in his office? Uh-huh. My immediate question would be, why are you calling his office? Well, she also tells him that there are keys in his desk drawer. And when he goes and looks in the desk drawer... Because I think they're trying to get his car or something. There's a gun in there. And he automatically assumes it's the same gun that was used to kill Becky, apparently, is yes, what her name is. the girl is. from the very beginning who we never met, the townie. So Owen is convinced that it's going to be John Bon Jovi. So what yes. do you do? Well, she gets, she gets chased as he sees her walking down. And she runs away. And then we think she gets killed. They flash to... The fantasy moment when they're all at the very beginning of the movie, when they're all talking about the different ways that each character is going to get killed, they show kind of like a flash forward of what that would look like. They show exactly that here. So we don't actually see her get killed, but they flash that visual at us. And John Bon Jovi coming into his office is now carrying a camo jacket, a knife, and an orange hunter's mask, balaclava. And so they have a confrontation, and as John Bon Jovi kind of comes at him to get to take the gun from him, Owen shoots him. And then Dodger comes in the room, and Tom, and Regina. All of them. All of them are there. Because it was just a joke. Well, yeah, we were just we weren't expecting you to actually kill Mr. Walker. And so he's taken, he's arrested for murder, and then he talks to his dad. Who's like, don't worry, you're fine. When they find out that he had a, was having a relationship with this girl who wound up dead, they're going to accuse him of the murder, and it'll be obvious self-defense on your part. You'll get off. Don't worry. But Owen keeps thinking. Yes. I mean, the explanation ostensibly is they wanted to punish Mercedes and Owen for getting everyone in trouble, but he still keeps thinking about it. When he talks to Dodger, Dodger says that she never would have done it if she knew that John Bon Jovi was having a relationship with this Becky girl. And somehow that that like gets Owen to understand that. There's been a lot of different things that have been leading up to it. There were yeah. things that John Bon Jovi said. There were things that she said. And it all just kind of starts to click in yeah, his head. There's an inconsistency somewhere that, oh, no, he knew that she was seeing like he he figured out that she lied somehow. I can't remember. Off well, top because of my head. he's talking to John Bon Jovi and he says, "Is that the gun that you used to kill the girl?" And he says, "Is that what Dodger told you?" Yeah, there you go. So yeah, all this stuff starts clicking in his mind, and he realizes that oh, she did already know because Mister Walker told him. So she must have killed Becky. Because Mr. Walker was having a relationship with her, and she organized this whole game to all play out exactly like it did with all of the chance factors involved playing out exactly like it did in order to get Owen to actually kill Mr. Walker, and that way she gets her revenge and completely off the hook. It's 
ludicrous. And they play it out like that moment at the end of The Usual Suspects, where, like, they're talking to each other and we're hearing things happen and we're getting flashbacks of moments and it's trying to piece together the whole entire story all at the end. And it's like, oh, coffee cup shattering on the floor, mind blown. <laughs> but your mind is not at all blown by any of this <laughs> at all. So he's like, I'll, I'll tell everyone that you did it. And he's like, she says, who's going to believe you? And she just leaves. <laughs> And that's like the end of the movie. That is the end of the movie. There are a couple of notes that I missed. I'm going to throw them in here as lightning round stuff. Okay. Every time that AOL Instant Messenger notification goes off, I get little tinglys in my nostalgia bone. Yes. The way the timeline is set up, this freshman that Randall is dating, he's going to meet her to take her to her formal, which apparently is on a fucking Wednesday. Yeah. Well... Or he's going to drive out He's going to drive up there on Wednesday. And it's on a different day, maybe? And he's like, oh, it's a long weekend with this such and such, you know? Like, so he they acknowledge the fact that it's in the middle of the week. But that would require the formal to be in the middle of the week, too. It's so dumb. <laughs> also, there's, like, this sort of, like, burn moment where Owen is, like, to Dodger, you're fucking John Bon Jovi. And she is, like... I just broke it off tonight. And it's like, that's supposed to be some sort of big burn. Like, we no. could have... No, hold on. We could have been together because I broke it off to be with you after that moment that we had in the library. But now we're not gonna because you just accused me of having sex with John Bon Jovi, which I was doing. And here's the thing. She is a minor. So either she was being taken advantage of without... The breakup, the breakup's not required, and she was being taken advantage of, and it's a really shitty thing to call her out for having a relationship with this teacher when she's being taken advantage of, which is the case. But he's a dude, and dudes are morons. Or her dating a teacher is is bad for her to do, which is also the case. Either way, the breakup means nothing, because she did date him. So why are they making it sound like he just got totally played because he didn't know she broke it off? Would dating Owen, like, have made it better and and now it's not going to happen? So burn? Like, all the other stuff is still true. I like, don't understand what you're saying. I'm trying to put this into words. <laughs> yeah? Yeah, thank you. The fact, the burn is he accuses her she says she broke it off to be with him, and now she's not going to, so burn. But the thing he accused her of is still true, whether she broke it off that night or not. Well, I think he's insinuating that she was going to sleep with both of them at the same time. Ah, anyway, it's a lot of this stupid bullshit in this movie. The movie wastes a lot of time getting to the prophecy fulfillment. It doesn't happen till the very end of the movie, but... At least since it's all predictable now, since we know things are going to happen in this particular order, and we know that the movie is going to fulfill its own prophecy, because that's the whole point, so it seems cool. <laughs> At least now that it's all happening at the end of the movie, it's coming, like, fast and furious. And just, like, murder after murder after murder, but not really. Nope. Because literally the only two people that die are Becky and John Bon Jovi. <laughs> is it Becky? Is that her name? That is her name. Okay. I also wrote, Jesus Christ, never let somebody get that close when you're holding a gun on them, which is exactly what Owen does, <laughs> which is infuriating every time it happens. Yeah, that's all I have. Yeah. Oh, there's cake. 
the band Cake plays at the beginning of this movie. Do they? Tougher than it is. Yeah, when he's like exploring the school or whatever at the very beginning. And I think when he has that conversation with his dad. Uh Uh-huh. So what do you think the movie has on Rotten Tomatoes, Kelsey? Like a 10? A 24. 24. Dull and derivative, Cry Wolf is a subpar slasher that even ardent fans of the genre may find difficult to enjoy. Yeah. No Metacritic and a cinema score of B-. minus. Wow. Bunch of teenagers coming out of it thinking, that was so awesome, who'd never seen The Usual Suspects before. <laughs> so hard to watch The Usual Suspects now. I know. Both the director and the main character, and it's just like, oh. Anyway, do you think that's overrated or underrated? 24. Maybe a little overrated. What do you think it should be? I'm going to give it a 15. I'm trying to find reasons to give it a 20, and I can't. No, it's 15 because at the very least, it was fun watching Padalecki. <laughs> yeah. Being a kid and. It was just such a mess. Yes. And it awful script. Yes, but it didn't do anything like horribly offensive. Like I wasn't. Well, there's all the gay jokes oh, and well, the fat yeah. jokes. But and the, what I mean, like. I, there's the, the lesbian scene that meant to titillate and it's. It, uh, yeah. So many cliches. I'm just kind of giving it a 15 because at the very least it wasn't like a, when are we turning this off? Please turn this off. I don't want to do this anymore. Please turn yeah, this off. Yeah, I guess <laughs> I never wanted to turn it off. Yeah. I just, it just made me angry throughout. I'll give it a 17 then. <laughs> this is sort of a buffer there. <laughs> All right. And that is 2005's Cry Wolf. <laughs> closing out our April Fool's Day Week, even though Cry Wolf happens on Halloween, which is right, <laughs> but, but because it's all pranking and stuff like that, yes, April Fools, we got it. You're a fool, <laughs> April Fools, you're a fool. <laughs> something, something about your mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that movie was awful, and we can't find that clip anywhere, guys. We gotta find. I gotta find. We've that been movie wanting again. to use it a couple times, but we never get to. I'll use have to it. go through our archives and pull it, does it out. Does not exist on the on the YouTube. I'll have to put it here. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> So yeah, anyway, that's the end of April Fool's Week with our classic movie, 1986's Killer Party and 2005's Cry Wolf as our modern flick. Kelsey, what are we watching next week? Well, it's Easter next week. Yeah. Which means that we've got some Easter movies. And I promise you, I promise I did not do this on purpose. Chris was like... Why are we already watching that? And I was like, because it happens to fall on Easter. So we're watching Critters 2. We're watching Critters 2 already. I'm telling you, we're just barreling through that franchise so we can get to Leonardo DiCaprio. I promise you that that's the real motivation. This Easter thing is a bullshit excuse. (laughs) So we're going to be seeing Critters 2 and a Spanish film called Atrocious that that was made in 2010. Don't watch the 2015 movie. 
That's a different movie. Also and yes, Spanish. They're both Spanish and they're both called Atrocious, but we will be watching the 2010 movie. That is the one that's on Easter, not the one that's in 2015. <laughs> okay. All right. So our classic movie Critters 2 and our modern flick atrocious from 2010 until then you can always reach us at our website podcemetery.com follow us on twitter at podcemetery as well as instagram i it's still lacking uh stuff on our instagram but we do put tons of stuff on our twitter so follow us there don't forget to subscribe in your podcatcher of choice and rate and review a five-star written review is an enormous help so Please help us out there. Uh, Also share us with your friends because that's a really big way of spreading the show as well. And you know what? Thank you for listening in the GD first place. We love each and every one of you. Until next week, I've been Chris. I've been Kelsey. And this has been Pod Cemetery. But before we go, Kelsey, any last words? Congratulations, baby. Tonight you could have gotten laid, but instead you got fucked. Killer party, dude. <laughs> Wicked killer party. And then they... The B-Boys. What movie is it that they use a bee's nest? Or is it a wasp nest? In uh, the summer camp movie? Is that... The one where he's is a Is that he? Friday the 13th part two? She's a he. Oh. No, that's sleepaway camp. Is that one of the murders in sleepaway camp? Isn't it? We only saw it to completion once. <laughs> List of deaths in Sleepaway Camp series. Beehive dropped on head stung by bees, Billy. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay, so go ahead. I didn't do it. I didn't do it. He didn't do it. But that's why he has that accent. Because his kid has an accent. Why was he cast in that part? What, Gary Cole in 2005, people knew him. wanted to be in Cry Wolf. People knew him as Lumberg. <laughs> and he was in comedies at the time. Why he, did you cast him in this out role? With his career. Why did you cast him in this role? Hey, bro. Hey, bro. You're no fool. I know what boys like. I know what guys want. I myself prefer a big fat cucumber.